You are listening to the JTMR podcast. Visit our website at www.jesustomyrescue.com for free sermons, articles, e-books, Bible study tools, Bible quizzes, and lots more. We share the gospel of Jesus to the world. Good day, everyone. This is Karen Swat from Jesus to My Rescue Ministries. Such an honor and blessing to once again be sharing the word of God with you. I would like us to start with a prayer, please. Heavenly Father, thank you that tonight we come before you, giving you glory and honor and praise for you are holy, you are worthy. And tonight as we come together in faith, um, studying the word of God, receiving the word of God, I pray that you will open our spirit hearts, spirit minds, spirit ears, so that we will hear what you have to say. And Lord, that you will, um, through this word, touch the hearts uh, of those that need to hear it as well. And that this will be an encouragement and that we will not keep this word for ourselves or to ourselves, but that we will share it with other people. Thank you, Lord. Uh, we ask your blessing, Holy Spirit, upon this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, today I would like to talk about the topic surrender surrender but in that surrender what happens when you surrender and uh, i want to base my message tonight on the book of samuel one samuel as well as two samuel in the word of god and i want to share a little bit about david now we all i think know the story of david we know that god chose him and he was a young boy at about the age of, I think it's 15, uh, if I'm correct, when uh, he was anointed. So I want us to, to, to read, and, and please bear with me, I want to read from 1 Samuel chapter 16. It says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I've chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Now already here it's very clear that God already knew who he wanted the next king to be. So he was very specific where Samuel had to go, what Samuel had to do. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Hmm, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Wow, how powerful is that? 
Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse, then Jesse called, um, it's, sorry, I'm, I'm going to now continue here by verse 9. Jesse then had Shammah pass by. Shammah. But Samuel said, Nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. Isn't that incredible? So moving into the book of 2 Samuel, and I want to first jump to um, the part where uh, um, David was actually anointed as the king over over Judah. So um, it says here in 2 Samuel 2, it reads, In the course of time, David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah? He asked. The Lord said, Go up. David asked, Where shall I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. So David went up there with his two wives. And then it mentions their names. David also took the men who were with him, each with his family, and they settled in Hebron. Then the men of Judah came to Hebron, and there they anointed David king over the tribe of Judah. Right. So I'm going to read backwards, but before I go there, I also want to add to the scripture 2 Samuel 5, where David becomes the king over Israel. Not just over Judah, the tribe of Judah, but now over Israel. And it says yeah, All the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord said to you, You will shepherd my people Israel, and you will become their ruler. When all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron, the king made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months, and in Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Judah 33 years. Now, I want us to reflect a little bit upon this. That's why I said I want to go back into the scripture between jumping between 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. So when David was originally anointed as king, when God chose him already as king, he was only 15 years old. But when he was anointed as the king, um, let's say appointed now, over the king, uh, as the king over Judah, um, and then eventually over Israel. By that time, 
of Israel, he was thirty years old. Fifteen years in between the first anointing that he would be the next king, until actually he reigned over the whole of Israel. Fifteen years, and I want us to talk a little bit about what happened in those fifteen years. Now, if you go back and you read from one Samuel all the way through, you will see how David,、um, you know, killed Goliath, and there was more or less between fifteen to nineteen years, so maybe almost two years later already. But he stood up for God. He,、uh, as we know, that、uh, Goliath was killed. He was actually completely、um, uh, annoyed. I think, if I could choose a word, with with. His fellow brothers and sisters, you know, of 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 the same、um, nation that served God, to say, how on earth can you be you be afraid of this huge man,、uh, but you've got God on your side, you know? So he eventually、uh, killed Goliath, and we have read that story before. We've spoken about that before. But what was interesting for me is the time that has lapsed. So. More or less from from the age when he was anointed, and then at the, on the battlefield killing Goliath, and from there onwards pulled into the army of Saul, and how Saul brought him into his household, gave him his daughter, and、um, you know at the same time he could see how successful David was, and he became jealous of David. He wanted to get rid of David eventually, you know, when the spirit of the Lord left Saul. The word says that、uh, you know he would he would、um, go through times when he would be tormented by a spirit, and、um, and David would need to come and play the harp, and that would calm him down. So although Saul loved David, he was also jealous of David because he could see the success that David had, and in this whole process of joining his army, joining his household for that matter, because Saul gave. His own daughter to David, as promised. Jonathan grew grew so close to to David. They were like not just you know、um, married now into the family. David married into the family, but it was like a really a brother to him. So very good relationship there. So Saul was. I was really say I would really say tight with David, but at the same time jealous of David. He could see how the people loved him, loved. His approach. He was very successful on the battlefield, and there was no one else like him. But of course, there wouldn't be anybody else like him because God already anointed him. Saul did not know this. He did not know that David was already anointed as to become king one day over Israel when he was only fifteen years old. And so, throughout reading through one Samuel and into two Samuel, we read of how Saul. Just wanted to get hold of David. He had to eventually flee, and how Saul wanted to kill him, right? And on more than one occasion, David had the opportunity to actually kill Saul, but he never did. He respected him because he saw Saul as an anointed one of God and an anointed king of God. And although he knew that he was anointed by Samuel, he knew that the time for him to reign had not come. And that brings me closer to the, my message of today. In all that time, David 
I'm sure he must have felt frustrated not understanding why Saul was always getting at him, going at him, hunting him physically down because he wanted to kill him. So although he had many opportunities, him and his men, to kill Saul, he never did. Because Saul was an anointed one of God. And it was not David's place. And it was not the time for him to reign yet. And out of respect for his king, he never killed him. He just wanted to understand what was going on and why Saul was acting that way. We also read, of course, how more than once it actually happened, how um, even messengers would come to, to David or his soldiers would come and say, this is what we've done. Um, and in that process, it would not mean that they killed Saul, but that it, it meant that, um, that it, what the actions that they took was not in respect of uh, actions that you would normally take in respect to who a king is or in line with what the king stands for. And that David never approved of those things. So where they, they took matters in their own hands, David never approved of that because he always regarded Saul as anointed still the king of Israel until the time when God decided to move him. One of these examples we read in 2 Samuel 1, that's why I'm going to go a little bit back. It says here, um, that then David said, yeah, verse 5, then David said to the young man who brought him the report, how do you know that Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? Now we know that David hears now of Saul's death and uh, it's after the death of Saul, David then returned from striking down the Amalekites. And um, on the third day, a man arrived from Saul's camp with his clothes torn and, and dust on his head. It, it, I'm reading now from, from 2 Samuel 1. David asked the man, where did he come from? And he said that he escaped from the Israelite camp. And David, after asking him what happened, the man actually said that uh, the men fled from the battle. And he indicated that Saul and his son Jonathan uh, died. And then David said to the man who brought him the report, how do you know that Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? I happened to be on Mount Gilboa, the young man said. And there was Saul leaning on his spear. Now you can read a little bit back if you want to, to get the whole story. Leaning on his spear were the chariots and their drivers in hot pursuit. When he turned around and saw me, he called out to me and I said, what can I do? He asked me, who are you? An Amalekite, I answered. Then he said to me, stand here by me and kill me. I'm in the throes of death, but I'm still alive. So I stood beside him and killed him because I knew that after he had fallen, he could not survive. And I took the crown and what, uh, I, and then I took the crown that was on his head and the band on his arm and have brought them here to my Lord. I'm going to just read that again. And I took the crown that was on his head and the band on his arm and, and have brought them here to my Lord. That's now to David. Then David and all the men with him took hold of their clothes and tore them. They mourned and wept and fasted till evening for Saul and his son Jonathan and for the army of the Lord and for the nation of Israel because they had fallen by the sword. David said to the young man who brought in the report, Where are you from? 
I'm the son of a foreigner. And Amalekite answered. David asked him, why weren't you afraid to lift your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? Referring now to Saul. Then David called on his men and said, go strike him down. So he struck him down and he died. For David had said to him, your blood be on your own head. Your own mouth testifies against you when you said, I killed the Lord's anointed. Now, why am I reading this to you? My topic today is about surrender. David knew at the age of 15, while well, he was anointed to become king, but one day, not then, one day. And he respected Saul all the way through, no matter how many times Saul tried to kill him or people that were standing with David tried to kill Saul. He never stood for that and said, you do not stand up against the anointed of God. The time was not right. And David knew that. And even up to this point, David felt that was not the position of that man who thought that they did a favor to David to in fact kill and then bring the crown and say, but this belongs to you. You had no right to do that to the anointed of the Lord. So even until the end of Saul's life, David still had respect for Saul as appointed king or anointed king. Although it says that the spirit of the Lord had left Saul. So what is the point that I'm trying to bring across? And I've read a few scriptures here. I'm trying to bring across that in the 15 years until David was anointed as the king over Israel, the whole of Israel, he was in a waiting period. And in that waiting period, he had to surrender. He had to surrender himself and he had to wait upon the Lord for what the Lord wanted to do with him and through him. I want to attach another scripture here and I want to read from Isaiah 40 verse 31. It says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wow, how powerful. I'm going to read it again. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So again, we see what is the power of surrendering to God and waiting for the right moment for things to happen. In my life personally, in the last couple of months, God has really been speaking to me about having to surrender, you know, things that we might want in our lives, but to wait. And God's been talking with me through the book of 1 and 2 Samuel about the life of David and how David had to wait it out from when he was first anointed by Samuel until he actually was anointed as the king of the whole or over the whole of Israel. And in that 15 years of waiting, a lot of that time was spent running away from Saul in protecting himself. But in this process of, 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 of waiting, what did um, 
let's say, what did David gain from that? All right. David, first of all, received the loyalty of the people around him. They loved him. They respected him. You know, they showed their loyalty to him. He became stronger as an individual. He grew in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. He was empowered, right? And he gained a lot of experience in that 15 years until he became the king of Israel. And it actually also required him to sacrifice certain things. He had to really, really be patient in this process. You see, when he was anointed by Samuel, he didn't suddenly be, had this big head on him that said, or on his shoulders that says, okay, I'm going to get a big head now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to become the king and I'm going to tell everybody I'm going to be coming, um, I will be becoming the king. And no, he didn't do any of that. He remained humble and he absolutely went where God sent him and did exactly what God told him to do. So that meant him having to be patient, to move in faith and in the time with, that God had put out for him to move in. He had to learn to be obedient and listen to the voice of God. Definitely not taking any revenge. No matter how many times Saul tried to kill him or chase him down to kill him or have him killed, did he lose sight of what God's plan was and he never took revenge on Saul. Never. Until the day Saul died. So David saw the bigger picture in this 15 years. And it just makes me wonder, how long are we waiting for things? And in, if we don't get an answer in five days, we're saying, well, God's not there. God's not real. He's not hearing my prayers. Maybe it's two years. Maybe it's three years. I'm talking 15 years. He had to wait it out. Okay. And definitely didn't have it easy. He had to flee. He had to hide. Right. And, um, but in that process, he gained the love and respect of people by, um, being, being obedient to what God wanted him to do. How on earth did he get this right? How did he manage to remain, you know, patient and, and keep the faith and be obedient? Um, even though he was being chased down, I'll tell you why. It says that to us in 1 Samuel 16. And I'm going to repeat verse 13, which I started with right in the beginning. And it says, So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him, which is David, in the presence of his brothers. And listen to this. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. You see, we cannot do anything without the Spirit of God. If you have been selected for something, if you are praying about something, if you know that you are in a waiting period in your life, we have to learn to surrender. And that's why I'm saying, I'm saying that God has been speaking to me personally about surrender. And I had to learn many times in my life that if I trust God for something and I'm in a waiting period, I need to surrender, surrender myself, surrender my own way of thinking, surrender the whole challenge, 
or the, the, the thing that I require and that I'm praying about, I have to surrender everything into the hands of God. And through the Spirit of God, allow myself to be strengthened in the waiting period. And that is what David did. So David reigned for a long, long time as the king of Israel, over Israel. And he was truly anointed as a king. We all talk about King David, even up until this day. How many years later? So I want us to learn today from the waiting period that David had and how we stayed humble, not getting impatient, not questioning God, not disrespecting the king that was reigning at that moment, but to trust God and to wait patiently on him. And in that waiting, David's strength was renewed. As I said, he, he was empowered. He obtained wisdom and, 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 and received the respect and the love and the loyalty from a nation who wanted to serve him as king. So whatever it is that you are trusting God for, waiting God to come through for you, I want to ask you today, not just to say, okay, Lord, I'll wait, but also to surrender first. Surrender to the Spirit of God and say, come and take over Spirit of God so that when I'm in my waiting period, I will not wait in doubt. I will not wait in fear. I will wait in faith and trust for the right thing at the right time according to your will. So that's my message that I wanted to share to you today. Unless you surrender, you're going to make your life miserable for yourself in the waiting period because it requires a complete surrender to the Spirit of God, complete surrender to really experience peace in the waiting period. And the end result? The blessing from God that will come at the right and appointed time just like David waited it out. I hope that this word has blessed you. I have jumped back and forth between scriptures. Um, I've tried to put it into the time that I had. Um, I think there's a lot to talk about this. You could probably talk for four hours on this. But I trust that the message uh, of tonight to surrender and then wait upon the Lord um, in peace will encourage you to know what you will walk away with in terms of patience and faith and obedience, knowledge, understanding and wisdom and getting the love and respect that um, is required for the purpose that you have been called for. God bless you and thank you for this opportunity to share the word of God with you. Lord, as we end off, we want to just say how much we love you. We want to say how much we um, trust you and that even though many a times it feels like you might not hear us, we know that you do hear, that you've heard every single request, every prayer request that we've put forward, every desire or need that we've laid at your feet. But tonight we don't just ask you for those things. We surrender those things to you. We surrender ourselves to you. And as we wait for you to reply or guide us or take us into a direction, we will do so in faith, knowing that you will renew us and you will renew our strength. So we put our faith and trust in you as we surrender, Lord, in Jesus' name. 
Amen. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this JTMR podcast brought to you by Jesus to My Rescue Ministries and Outreach. Visit our website at www.jesustomyrescue.com for more great content that will help you grow in your relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you need prayer, send us a WhatsApp to plus two seven double six four six eight three six three five. Alternatively, send us an email to support at jesustomyrescue.com. You can also find us on most social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, TikTok and many others. Just search for Jesus to my rescue. God bless you. Bye-bye.